grew up thinking you really had to be one or the other, right? Like, I didn't really think you could be a good person <laughs> and have good money. This is the Money Hole Podcast. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and download. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Charlie Williams. Hey, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. So, Charlie, we have two really powerful connections. We've known each other for a long time, but mm -hmm. cancer mm -hmm. and adoption. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, both are, are life experiences that are are so significant to experience and go through. And I, I didn't go through the cancer experience. My wife did. Yeah. But then you guys obviously did. You and Heather yeah. early in your marriage. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then you've adopted three. I've adopted one. And uh, we have five, but we adopted one. But yeah, those experiences are such unique experiences mm -hmm. um, that you feel like you know something about someone when yeah. you've gone through it yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's been times where you and I don't see each other for a while. And when we, whenever we see each other, it's always just like, it was just the other day. Yeah, we see yeah. each other a lot more now, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, that is I've, nice. I think I've seen you more in the last six months than I've seen you in a long time. But, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, you are um, a business owner. I know you've been a part of startups. You've mm -hmm. helped sell, you've sold a startup. Mm -hmm. um, you've been in the tech space. And right now you're a part of a company that I think is going to change the world. Yeah. Um, but I also know that you've had, just like me and everyone else, a journey with your understanding of money. We just talked about it yeah. the other day. Yeah. So I, I would love to hear from you, like, what were some of the childhood memories, belief systems you had around money early on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so interesting. We were kind of joking about the, your subtext here, yeah. good people, good money. I, I would say... I grew up thinking you really had to be one or the other, right? Like I didn't really think you could be a good person <laughs> and have good money. Yeah. And a lot of that was really subliminal. I think like these passive aggressive comments that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for instance, we saw somebody that was, sort of, was obviously apparently wealthy, right? Yeah. You know, there'd be there'd be a comment like, well, that's, that's, that's one way to live your life, you yeah. know, by, by my mom or someone, or if someone got a new car, uh, you know, well, if that's, what's important to you, it's probably, it's probably better if you say it with like a Dana Carvey church lady accent, you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you think you can take that to heaven, you know, or, or you think you're special with yeah. your fancy red car. So like I, there was just this, I think, cause we were broke, right? Yeah. So we grew up broke and we yeah. were really frustrated broke. We didn't want to be broke, but we had no choice to be broke. It felt like. So yeah, there's a lot of passive aggressive yeah. comments that really put a, put a value system in place that said at an early age, you can't be a good person and, and have money. So and do you, do you, I've heard you say your story yeah. Sounds like there were some similar values in place. Yeah, there yeah. was. But for people that ne didn't necessarily have like a religious background, they would just say there's a rich a-hole. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And there's a couple of ways you could say that. But we yeah. are going to curse on this one. Okay. Feel, um, I feel it well, coming. We'll, we'll see how Your it goes. Your first one. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my legacy to leave. But it. yeah, no, I, I certainly did. You know, for me, it was more of insecurity because we just didn't mm -hmm. have it. Right. And I don't remember my mom ever telling me that rich people or people with money had had a, you know anything she just always said we couldn't afford things yeah so that yeah. was what the way i grew up and then yeah i perceived that people that had money were happier and so i yeah. like, made it a goal like to whatever extent i can mm -hmm. i need to figure out how to wear the nice shoes 
and it, yeah. it all came down to identity. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of how I grew up. Yeah, I, I definitely. I didn't know, but I had built an identity around it, but it was sort of the victim mentality mm -hmm. more, more than, than a status because, you know, I would hear my parents talk about money and they might say, well, my dad would say, cause I don't have a college degree. That's why I got passed up for this promotion. Um, my mom felt like she had to stay home and raise us. So we couldn't be a, a two income family. That's why we're broke or, yeah. or even, um, we, we got some government aid, right. Cause we were pretty broke and, and, uh. So if we, if we make 20% more money, we lose all our government aid, right? Yeah. So we can't, right? It's just all these thought patterns of, of why we are broke and we're going to stay broke. Um, and that was most of my growing up life until uh, probably my late teens. And then some things did change and my dad started, my dad figured some stuff out. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what we talk a lot about here is belief systems, Yeah, you know, and, and you're, that's what you're talking about is mm -hmm. a lot of times as we're young, we're not conscious of it, but we're inheriting the belief systems of the people around us, mm -hmm. and parents being the main one, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, money is bad. Money is the route to evil. Money yeah. is the way to be happy. Yeah. You know, it runs to extremes and you still see it today Yeah, with so many people, you know, out of the mouth, the heart overflows, yeah. right? So yeah. oftentimes people will say something that oftentimes comes out as judgment, mm. like, that's one way to live your life. Mm -hmm. But what people are really doing oftentimes when they judge is they're exposing their belief system. Yeah. I I've, I've learned in my older age, you know, uh, but I've, I've learned a lot of judgment of others comes from guilt and shame. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's this two sided coin of, I, I feel really bad. I haven't been able to figure out this money thing. So I'm going to throw judgment on you yeah. uh, for doing it. But it, it definitely was a pronounced belief system for me that you couldn't be good people and have good money. Yeah. I really, I thought that for a very long time and probably didn't even really challenge it until I, I started to hit some financial crisis moments myself as an adult and and then had to kind of go to war with that. Like, do I really believe this? Because am I going to follow the same path that I saw my family go down and struggle all growing yeah. up? Or could I, could I be a good person with good money? Yeah. Tell me more about that. I don't know. Can you? I haven't figured it out yet. Well, no, tell me about the the financial struggle. Well, I just gave up on being a good person. You know, that's, <laughs> I figured, you know, I sold my soul. <laughs> you can do it on eBay these days. Um, no, so I, it, it was, it was a few different turning points. I know uh, that's something on the podcast I've noticed you, you, there's turning points often mm -hmm. for people. So yeah. a big turning point was birthed out of pain. I had an experience of pain where 2012, I actually decided I wanted to really go for it. And try to be more successful. I'd been at the same company, tech company for like five years. I'd been a top performer and never promoted, which was keeping me at a certain level of income. Yep. So I took a risk. I left the company. I went and worked somewhere else for two and a half, almost three months, got fired. Worked somewhere else for two and a half, three months, got fired again. Got fired twice in six months. Wow. And I never experienced such bad leadership because in both situations, and I, I look back on it, I, I think pretty objectively, right? Everybody thinks they're better, you know, than they are. But I really was hitting my sales goals. I was hitting objectives, mm -hmm. and I just rubbed this one leader the wrong way. This other guy was bad at managing money, and I. And what happened is, out of that season, my wife was pregnant with number two at the time. Mm -hmm. We had a more our first mortgage, and I, I was like, man, I don't want to put myself or my family through this pain. And what I saw was bad leadership turns into bad experiences for people. 
And I made this weird commitment to myself that I was going to go back to the company I'd been at for five years and become a leader. And they weren't even hiring at the time. They were yeah. like, we gave your job to someone else. I went back, I begged for my job and, and they gave me an entry-level sales position. I started like three rungs down where I had left the company. And in six months, I was a manager. Like what why, I couldn't do in go five years. I think I went back there because at least I knew the leaders there were mm. fair, right? Yeah. So for me- you know, and everybody's grown in their leadership abilities, yeah. but I had two really bad experiences. And then I was interviewing for other jobs and I interviewed a few places and I was like, red flag, red flag, the way they talk about their people, the way they do this, yeah. the way that he asked me that question, I found there was <clears throat> a lot of bad experiences, about a lot of bad leaders out there. And um, and I just sort of said, I only know of a couple places where there's good leaders. I'm going to go back there, beg for my job and just be successful there. And I, I did in I did in six months what I couldn't do in five years before. After I'd had this crisis moment, I got promoted to become a manager and a leader, and it was just something I knew I had I had to do. Yeah, man. There's a lot there. There's two things that jumped out of me. The first one that's on my mind is how important leadership is, mm-hmm. because you know I'm in I'm in a the business world. Our mm-hmm. businesses are different, but it's similar when people chase money. Mm-hmm as the number one means for why they're going to take a role that Mm -hmm. doesn't always end well. It it, it usually doesn't like one of the things we always tell people is if it starts with money, it ends with money. Right. And, and so that's such a cool thing for, for people to hear is that you ended up going back to a demotion to less pay because Mm -hmm. you learned the value of being under the right leadership, Mm -hmm. man, Mm -hmm. that's huge. And then the second thing was, I loved how you said that pain is what, created the drive for you to change. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a gal recently and she said, I don't want to do things the way you're doing it. Mm. And this is, she was going through a stressful time and really kind of in the beginning of her career, first couple of years doing pretty well, doing really well, but just lost her first support person. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just listening to her because she's a friend of mine. Mm And I told her, I said, I don't know why you think I've done what I've done. It wasn't for ego and it wasn't to get rich. Yeah. It was because I hate feeling the way that you feel right now. Yeah. yeah. And I never want to feel that way again. Now, yeah. The truth is I still feel that way every now and then, Yeah, but way less than I used to. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I think for me, it was an interesting um, kind of aha moment because I had such a negative leadership experience that I decided that would become my marketable skill set. And, and I, I wanted to be in a leadership role. I wanted to be under good leadership. It's funny because I mentioned my dad. So we grew up kind of poor. And my dad, when I was like 16 or 17, he taught himself how to code and program and stuff. Wow. Like he had an old That's candy cool. computer and finally figured out a, a skill set he could learn that would make him more valuable. And I think that was the moment in 2012, I decided like leadership would become my marketable skill. Right. And then I've been on this journey ever since. To where soon after that, a few years after that, I I went to another company, became a leader there, became a VP, became senior VP, and started to see something pretty powerful. I just read this Zig Ziglar quote the other day. He said, you can have everything you want in life if you help enough people to get what they they want. want. And I saw that when I really became a leader was my job was to literally make my salespeople successful, my marketing people successful. Then I started looking at other departments, our channel partners, and even the owners of the company, right? Who were making the most money, yeah. but I, I set my heart on helping to make them successful too. And that's where I, but I got paid really well to do it, right? Yeah. And that was such an interesting 
experience, right? To have this heart to help other people be really successful, right? Good people. And then, but to get paid really well to do it because I found that leadership is a highly valuable skill set. Right? Yeah, like and it's will rare. Pay you a lot. It's it's so rare. You don't really hear a whole lot of companies uh, having their board of directors and saying, "How do we take better care of our people?" Yeah, right. It doesn't happen very right. often. Right. It's always about the bottom line. It's always about the spreadsheets. They're really right. interested in seeing what the CFO has to say about yeah. the quarterly profits. Yeah. But it's very rare that people say, "How do we?" pay our people better. Yeah. How do we give them better benefits? Right. Because like, I want to work for a company like that. I wanna, yeah. You know. How do we make people in our company more successful in life and yeah. in their finances? And it was, yeah. it's funny, after that, I, you know, the company I worked for got bought, had an, had a, had an M&A event and it was a long multi-year process. And I didn't end up liking the new owners after the fact. So I left the company and I was, I was complaining to a friend. I said, you know, it's, it's a bummer. I didn't like the new company, didn't do these cultural things and this leadership stuff. And not bad people, just not a good fit for me. And a friend of mine said, oh, well, what you just described as your bad experience, that's the normal experience, just so you understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've been fortunate enough somehow to have a couple good experiences in your life. And I said, yeah, okay, you're right. That's true. Like that is the rare experience to, to be under good leadership or to be a part of a leadership team that you can influence yeah. as a good leader. That's good. Man. It is rare. So you had this moment where you transitioned into leadership, your, you, your dad inspired you, mm -hmm. you know, you had this pain that made you want to do things different. And I know you personally, I know that you have had a lot of success. You've mm -hmm. had some really amazing things happen. You worked really hard for it mm -hmm. and things are still going well today. In fact, today, like I said, I don't know if I'll have time today, but I think you're part of one of the coolest companies I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but tell me a little bit about your journey of stewardship and, you know, how you view money and wholeness today, because a lot of the people that watch this, you know, they're middle-class, they're living paycheck to paycheck and mm -hmm. you've been there and now you're not there. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'd love to hear like where you're at today and how your, you know, your perspective around money has changed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because I would say, I had to start making more money first. And that was, uh, you know, I wish I could say I, I took this deep interest in financial success and I read these books or I got this mentor and I did this stuff. I didn't, I I decided I didn't want to die. You know, I often measured my finances in terms of like, you know, how many weeks before we're completely destitute, right? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do this. Fear. It's, yeah. It's motivating. How many months before I just have no money left? So, you know, I, I end up, um, finally starting to make pretty good money, like call it, uh, call it about eight, nine years ago. Right. And mm -hmm. I start to make more money and you, and suddenly I'm like, oh, I figured out a really marketable skill. Um, leadership is highly valuable and I still worked very hard too. And, um, and I, I ended up having, I ended up hiring a mentor, right? I could afford a mentor. I hired a mentor and that mentor got me into reading books and that mentor got me into, um, really like a, a course of self-development that was even more accelerated, right? Like it's one thing when you're just trying to make yourself better mm -hmm. with what you know, which is pretty limited. Yep. And when you can get other leaders around you and you try to make them better and you try and you hire someone to help, you hire someone to make you yep. better and you start reading books, yep. there's a supercharge effect that can begin to happen, Absolutely. right? And some people can do this before they start to be successful. I, I didn't, to be totally honest, right? Me neither. I, I, I had to experience some success and then I took a serious interest in it. Yeah. And now I try to encourage other people. I'm like, I know it's so hard to think about right, reading this book 
on on leadership or or success when you're when you're not there but it's a big part of what accelerated the journey yeah. for me. Yeah, because you got to have a vision first, mm-hmm. right? If you don't mm-hmm. know where you want to be, you're definitely not going to go there. I mean, mm-hmm. the coach thing, you know, or your consultant, coach, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I heard it a long time ago. It's like, if I get in my car to drive to San Antonio, Texas, and I just start hitting the highway, like mm-hmm. eventually I'll probably get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I put in the coordinates to AI, I'm going to get there for sure. And I think that's what a coach does, right? Yeah. They know how to get there. They know where the traffic is. They know where the roads are closed. They know the fastest way. They know where all the best freeways are. Mm -hmm. You're going to get where you want to go so much faster if you Mm -hmm. get someone who's already been there to show you the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and someone that really can challenge you and your weaknesses too. I mean, accountability. I, I used icon coaching. Oh, cool. This guy's Kirk Wayman. Yeah. There were multiple sessions that, that in the middle of the session, I was like, fuck you, Kirk, you know, <laughs> like where he would like, man, he would just dig in, you yeah. know, to, well, why would you say that? Well, seems like he asked me one time, he's like, what are the three people in your life that are really bothering you a lot? Okay. These three people, why are they bothering you a lot? Okay. Those are your fears and insecurities. Those are the things you believe about yourself. And just, he would do these mind games to me uh-huh. and like, oh man, it'd make me so mad, but it was, you know, it was peeling back the layers and exposing things that were going on inside. And uh, it was so powerful, right? Because yeah. I could actually begin to overcome my weaknesses and overcome blind spots, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that I had. Yeah. Um, and that that supercharged the oh, success, yeah. right? To where I could really think globally about success. And I didn't, a lot of people, even well-meaning leaders, try to replicate things that made them successful in other people. And a really a really powerful leader knows how to make people successful in their own lane. Yeah. Right. Within their own personality. Yes. You have to overcome some of your challenges, but how do you work with someone else's strengths and weaknesses to make them successful? And someone did that with me. And I, I think I've gotten better at doing that with other people too. And again, like Zig Ziglar says, make enough other people successful. You can have anything you want in life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. I, I, uh, I, you said a couple things. First of all, I want to talk about Kirk Wayman. I watch, I know Kirk. I don't know him as well as you. I'd like to meet with him because I, his name keeps coming up. I, yeah. I'm supposed to meet with you, Kirk. Yeah. You heard it. It hurts. Um, it hurts to meet with but Kirk. But he, he, he did this video the other day where he talked, he said, a lot of people have a dream board, but have you ever thought about doing a nightmare board? And the first thing I thought of, you know what a dream board is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first thing I thought when I heard that as I laughed. Yeah. But then he started saying what it is. He's like, yeah. you put the worst case scenario of every right. uh, one of your fears on that board. Right. And you just, um, you know, you realize like they're, it dispels the fear. Right. And it helps you take more risk because you realize like the greatest fear, like for buying a house, for example. Because some, sometimes it's not that bad. Most of the time. Yeah. It's not that bad. Like people are so afraid to buy a house and it's like once they realize the real risk of it, right. the bank takes most of the risk. Right. I mean, it's, it's really like worst case scenario that you stop paying your mortgage for some reason. Right. And right. you get a foreclosure. Like you're, they don't like put you in jail. No. You're on the sidelines from buying a house for three years. Right. And you recover, right? You know, I know, and most multi multimillionaires, not all, but so many of them, part of their story is bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and they wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, you know, I've had this great successful track record in tech sales. And some folks are like, man, you've done so well. And I'm like, I've also had to lawyer up once because uh, I was threatened with a lawsuit. I've been threatened with a lawsuit twice. I've been fired twice. I got pushed out of one position. It's like, you know, it, it's this battleground sometimes you that you have to go through. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, you know, I achieved a high level of success. I don't think, and I, I, the reason I want to condition what I just said 
is because sometimes you can have a belief system that says, I'm going to have to go do a bunch of dangerous things to make money, or I have to go work 80 hours a week to go make money. And again, I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. And mm -hmm. I don't think you have to become a bad person to make money either, which was a yeah. fundamental belief that I had for a long time. Yeah. You just have to improve upon yourself with more profitable, marketable skill sets. That's, right? that's it. I, that's it, man. I, I tell people that all the time. They want to do better. You know, there's so many people that use this term work smarter, not harder. And so house hacking and investing in real estate mm -hmm. is this really popular concept right mm -hmm. now. And they sit down with me and within five minutes, I tell them they got to have 20% down or they got to do and they're, they're, yeah. immediately. There's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to do this. You're not telling me what I want to hear. And it's like, yeah. before you work smarter, you have to work harder. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you're earning Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to earn an income mm -hmm. and that the process is more important than the result. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's done anything great for 10 years or more mm -hmm. would tell you the person that I became along the way was way more than what way, worth way more to me than what I have. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I remember thinking, you know, the only way I would ever have a, uh, you know, million plus dollar net worth is if I like won the lottery. Right. And had yeah. this sort of rescue lottery mentality of, you know, I, I could never be worth that much money. I could ever, ever have that much money. And, and I realized in the pursuit of leadership and the pursuit of success, I mean, I really did pursue being successful in my career that you can become worth more and more and more and more. And then I still was a very risk adverse person. I just sort of ended up in a high risk field. Technology sales is pretty high risk, but navigated that the best that I could. And I did become the kind of person over an amount of time. I've been in the same field for about 16 years, right? So I became the kind of person that can make really good money, but also has a set of skills that is so valuable to me, right? Yeah. Um, and, and a value system that I was able to not just maintain, but even like evolve and mature, right? Like yep. my value for helping other people before was probably a pretty narrow. Yeah. Um, and I'll put it, I'll put it in these terms in terms of generosity, right? It's like my idea of generosity was giving somebody a dollar. And then my idea of generosity became giving somebody $10, $100, $1,000, right? As you make more money, the idea of generosity might grow and increase. And I've, my wife and I set a goal years ago to give some five figure gifts, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we got to do that. And that's a kind of fun that only money can buy, you know, which yeah. is so interesting. Yep. But then after that, I started thinking about what about like six figure gifts or seven figure gifts? Like, what would that look like? And suddenly I'm thinking in very different terms. I'm like, well, people need houses, people need um, better careers and jobs and stuff. And so a lot of the generosity in recent years has been, I have certain people that I'm, I'm choosing to invest in them, join, yeah. join a part of their business or be a consultant or do this thing and try to make them successful. I've helped two people now sort of start companies with me in minority positions. That's so right? cool, and, man. and it's so crazy to think about, cause I know that what I'm giving them yeah. is a six or seven figure gift. It's just going to take time to mature, Yeah, but they're going to build a set of skills along yeah. that path to where it's it's the ultimate for me teaching a man to fish instead of giving him a million dollar yeah. fish, right? Like, yeah, that's living the dream, man. I I think like I know this this company where you guys are trying to bring emotional health mm -hmm. identity to kids in schools, mm -hmm. and you know you're a part of this company because you chose to be mm -hmm. because you believed in the vision, and you're you know doing these these things for people. I mean, honestly, what what else could you do in life? between you know yeah. making an impact 
getting paid well, being generous, yeah. providing for your family and growing as a human being along yeah. the way, you know, yeah. wholehearted, you're working on your marriage, yeah. you're working on parenting, you're working on your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, man, I, what you're living right now is what I always describe as like having it all. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, you, of course you want to grow and always improve and make it better, mm -hmm. but it, it's a good season, man. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'll say, I'll say this though, just to make sure people have it in perspective. Like I, I would say I'm living a, a version of my dream life, but there was a lot of hard years to get to this point, right? Of like, course there, there was. was. There was hard years and heartbreak and yeah. lost relationships along the way and things that, you know, you look back on and you're like, well, I didn't handle that very well. Well, I did this. Well, I learned a hard lesson yeah. there. And I think... It it now I'm in a place where I can say now I get to choose to do what I want with my life and I'll still make money, but I'm also going to help other people be successful and bring them along with me. You know, that's not a place most people can afford to be in, though, which is so interesting. Right. And I'm not saying that because I think anybody has an excuse to not be generous or think about other people. But if you're in that place where you're just sort of cycling in your month to month and you're and you're just trying to survive and like, mm -hmm. you know, you have a hierarchy of needs and, you know, going and being super altruistic with other people doesn't fit because you can barely make rent, then my challenge is not go become that super generous person. My challenge is become a killer in your field and become yeah. very good at something and yep. build markable skills because you can actually make a lot more money and then you get to go on this fun journey of like, how do I use yeah. my money? How do I invest? Do I want to do stock? Do I want to do build a company? Do I want to do real estate? Um, and what kind of good person with money do I want to be? Yeah. Um, but it took me a long time to get here. Like, and a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying this is the healthiest mindset, but I respect guys like you and we have some similar friends and some of my closest friends. Like one of the things we have in common is they're grinders. Yeah. yeah. They will do whatever it takes. They're mm -hmm. killers, as you put it. Mm -hmm. And killers like hanging out with killers, man. And if someone doesn't know someone like that, I think they, they need to find people like that because mm -hmm. it is so inspiring to be around people that are hardworking people who are always trying to figure out a way to improve mm -hmm. themselves, improve the, their job mm -hmm. and grow. Like it's just, there's not a, not a, I don't, I didn't know a lot of those people growing up, you know, and if I didn't yeah. have those yeah. types of mentors, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So, you know, one of the things in, in closing, I want to ask you, Charlie is like, what are you, what are you thinking about your future in, in terms of finances? And, you know, the idea of being wholehearted, one of the things we talk about, you've seen a few of these now, it sounds like, is money still runs to extremes for so many people. And mm -hmm. it's this constant evolution for me of understanding the power that it has to change the world. Mm -hmm. And and so, like, where are you going? Like, what are you thinking about now? Because you're still a relatively young guy. you got a couple gray hairs, but yeah, yeah. you're still pretty young. I'm working on it. Um you know, I've worked really hard to put us in a strong financial position because, again, I'm pretty risk adverse, which is interesting. Um, and now I felt like I worked for 15, 16 years for other people and helped them. They made mm -hmm. way more money than I ever made. Right. Um, and I was OK with that because they I made yeah. good money in that process. And I did start my own company this year. and But I did it only after I felt like I could really afford that risk because we had four kids and we adopted a fifth kid. And. I think for me, it is trying now to use what we have to, I'm going to continue to grow our net worth, right? Because there's some, there's some goals I have for generosity that are, that are pretty 
out there. Now, and right? it's fun to grow your net worth. Yeah, and it's I mean, fun. Let's and just be honest. And there's nothing wrong with it. There right? is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I would love to see everybody become financially independent. Our yeah. country is unsustainable. Yeah, yeah. People need to figure totally. this out. Yeah, 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 definitely. And so, and I, but you, you get to think differently about your money when you do have a positive net worth and yeah. you do have some means and you have some credit lines you have access to. And so I think what it looks like for me is to turn that focus definitely on as, on as many people as I feel like I can manage right now to help other people come along financially. And so this guy I've started a business with where he, him and I are going to split the profits on this product line that he sells and I'm going to help him launch his own company. He doesn't even have the money to launch his own company. So he's going to work for me for a while and then we'll launch him. And then over here, I'm trading my consulting time for this, for this to, but it's interesting. It, I'd say in many ways, they're all sort of reciprocal relationships too. Like, because I don't think just giving people money solves the problem. And so yeah. I feel like I want to be in a long season, whatever this looks like now in my forties yeah. and fifties of showing other people how to make money and challenging them to read books and do these things. And it's, and it's not for free, right? It's yeah. like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to grind. You're going to have to learn. You're going to yeah. have to sweat a little bit. Um, but doing it in a way that is, you know, really generous. Like there's a yeah. way you can be an investor in companies and, and own things and come in. And oftentimes when you are the guy with money in a new company or an investment scenario, you can come in and demand 90%, right? Yeah. Because money is the one thing they can't go without. Right. And so you can be generous in those scenarios. Yeah. Like I started a, a business with somebody where I have the know-how and I have the money and I have the contacts in the education industry and I gave them 70%. <laughs> and I said, you're going to get 70% yeah. and I'm just going to take 30%, even though I have so many of the pieces that matter typically in a startup. And I did that because I want them to be really interested in the company's yeah. success and I want them to put in most of the sweat equity in. So I think that's pretty fun. And then there's always the journey of taking your children on a financial oh, yeah. journey too. Oh, yeah. You know, me and my parents, we never talked about money growing up, right? It's like, I, they never really, I, I don't know that anything was ever taught, but I certainly caught a lot of yep. philosophy about money. I talk about money with my kids, right? Yep. And it's That's good. interesting to have conversations like, dad, dad, are we rich? You know, what, is, what does this mean? What like, do you say to them when they say that? Oh, a lot of things. You Why are you know, asking? You know what I say? What do you say? No, I'm rich. <laughs> Your future is yet to be determined. Yeah, you're broke. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, why are you asking me that? You know, it's sometimes is what I'll come back with. Um, well, well, you know, I want to buy something. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that. Or, well, my one of my friends saw our house yeah. or saw, you know, you picked me up in the school line in your Lexus. And so, like, what... You know, and what did what did you think Good when they said that? What do you think? Yeah. Great conversations come out of it. And then even trying to teach my kids about earning money, right? Like, yeah. like they've learned the value of physical labor, right? And yeah. then I've even given them some knowledge work, yeah. which is interesting. Like they can do some research for me on certain contacts at school districts. And I gave my daughter a raise the other day, right? She was prospecting. I was giving her 25 cents a lead. That I was she hoping find. you weren't overpaying her. Yeah, no. But, I, but I said, <laughs> when you get good at this, where you don't have to ask me questions every third person. Yeah. You know, good I'll, for you, man. I'll That's give you good. a raise from like 25 cents to 50 cents. And so, and even to talk to kids about, I, I my kids are still fairly young, um, but I'm excited to talk to them about yeah. the American economy is so unique because you can own property, you can have intellectual property, you yep. can own real, you can um, own a business. And it's like, there's some real wealth there. Those are sort yep. of the wealth accelerators. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, just think, I think about that a lot, actually, when it comes to money, like, how do I make sure my kids get it, you know, and get that? Yes. Money is very powerful. Um, it's like having grace in your life, but it's also not grace. You know, there's, you attract grace by being humble. Mm-hmm. You attract grace by being generous. You attract grace many different ways. That's why money is very dangerous because money can become a substitute for grace. Yeah. And you need grace in your life and you need money in your life. Yeah. Right. So you got to understand the difference between those two things and how they, how they operate. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming and having this conversation with me, bud. It's yeah. been really good. And I'm sure people have gotten a lot out of this. And, you know, in Reading, there is so many people that I look at and I tell guys like David and Fab, I'm like, man, there are some billionaires in our midst. And I don't know what it is about Redding, California, man. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I would agree, like it's a bizarre place when you look around the room sometimes and you see who's here and what they're doing. And and I'm not just saying businesses and money, I'm saying like changing the world, their heart for people, their heart for their family, adopting kids, trying to be better men, husbands, wives, like, yeah. I don't want to leave this place because I don't think I could find this elsewhere. I mean, that may not be true, but I want to take the yeah. rest. So thank you so much, my friend. I really yeah. appreciate it. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and download. And thanks for being with us today.